0: Welcome to Pullback. I'm Kyla and I'm here with Kristen. hey Each episode we challenge ourselves to try something new in ethical consumption, and then we tell you what we learned, fuck-ups and all. This episode is going to be all about plastic-free July. I yeah, I, I feel like I mean this one had the challenge baked into it, which was amazing. <laughs> we didn't have to think <laughs> of anything, although Unfortunately
1: it was the worst challenge ever. <laughs> I would take a week of uh, waste-free over a month of plastic-free any (laughs) day. It's
0: true. It's a painful... It's painful. Well, and we we recorded... For the first two weeks, we recorded, like, progress reports. And I'm going to insert those at some point in this episode. Maybe right (laughs) here. So how's yours going so far for the first week?
1: So I think mine's going mostly really well. Part of the reason for that is that I I managed to have a really efficient grocery shop before Plastic-Free July, uh, I guess June, whatever whatever month this is. We
0: can call it Plastic-Free July. <laughs> I don't want to confuse us <laughs> more than necessary. Before our
1: Plastic-Free Challenge started. Yeah, there you go. So like I haven't been grocery shopping in the entire span that this month has been, so It has not posed any challenges for plastic groceries, which I know is going to be a huge issue when I do have to go grocery shopping tomorrow. But I am really upset because, so, I mean, I hope you agree on this. I have personally found (laughs) the most complicated thing trying to get snacks that don't involve plastic. Every snack (laughs) involves plastic. So That's (laughs) true. No, you're right. But you said you were like making
0: chocolate from scratch or something? No, I might
1: do that later in the month. Today, I was like, you know what? I want some ice cream. And there is a gelato place near me that's open. Perfect. So I went in there. I like looked. I saw that they had cones. I was like, that's perfect. I'll just get a cone. And as I was like ordering and she was giving it to me, she like flips the cone over and puts it in a disposable plastic cup for me to grab it, <laughs> which is apparently their pandemic protocol right now. So, oh no, I understand pandemic safety, but I was trying so hard to be plastic free, and uh, at the very end of the transaction, when I had already paid and like the product was already out, I like couldn't take it back. I just kind of like sighed a little sigh and said thank you and left. <laughs> it's just
0: so yeah. Disappointing. <sighs>
1: I mean, I've done
0: this challenge before, and it was really hard even when there wasn't a pandemic happening and everybody became suddenly obsessed with disposable plastic. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to be the one to sit here and, you know, shit on that because people are dying, but... It does make the challenge very difficult. (laughs) It's
1: like just have a cone holder. I get that that this is a short-term thing. They may not necessarily want to buy one, but those are things that exist and they're not single use and you just put the cone there and then I can grab it myself.
0: You should buy them one and bring it to the store.
1: Uh, I think that might be perceived as (laughs) (laughs) passive-aggressive.
0: Nice. Yeah, I mean, I did the same thing as you. I went grocery shopping at the end of May just to kind of like give myself a bit of a... Uh, uh, like a
1: soft landing good head start (laughs) yeah
0: Yeah. (laughs) for june so i also haven't had to go grocery shopping um i did buy a bicycle recently so that i could ride my bike to work instead of taking transit so pretty thank you it is very pretty (laughs) (laughs) it is pink and it's got like this classic look to it i'll post about it on instagram when this comes out (laughs) but uh it had like a booklet attached to it that that came in plastic. I had to buy a helmet. And I mean, unless I wanted to spend $500 on a helmet carved from wood that had to be shipped in from the UK, I really couldn't find anything else that wasn't made from plastic. But girls got to protect your noggin. So otherwise, I think I'm doing okay. But it's early days yet. Uh, I think we'll both have done a grocery shop by the time we do an, a, our next check-in. So Yeah,
1: definitely. Today was a very... uh <laughs> oh I'll just put it this way uh the meal that I had for dinner was just food scrap uh broth that I made with <laughs> only noodles in it because I have no other items in my fridge
0: <laughs> cool so you're going tomorrow yeah gotcha. I'll be going
1: tomorrow morning
0: <laughs> nice all right well then uh I'll catch up with you next week on this one
1: sounds good
0: Okay, hello now from week two. <laughs> so how's your, how did your week go? Good. Um, I only failed twice. Uh, nice. Once was yesterday. I got Tim Hortons and I was really specific about not having them put a lid on it because obviously I can't bring my reusable mug right now, but I can just like have a, a lidless, you know,
1: paper cup. I think those are covered in plastic actually. What? But...
0: That's, yeah that's, news that's why to me. they're
1: so hard to recycle yeah. no really i thought they were compostable oh yeah no. i'm pretty sure there's a just let me google this i don't want to give people the wrong information <laughs> yeah sorry sorry bud <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh no i thought the cups were fine what about starbucks
1: I mean I think you can recycle them in some way. It's just that for most municipalities it's too expensive and the material you get isn't very valuable. So usually they don't. But it's don't. like paper. It's paper, but it's covered in a coating of polyethylene plastic, which is it's like the same as um if you get like a paper ice cream tin, which is one of the ways I failed this week.
0: <laughs> <laughs> God so, damn it. God I thought it. I was doing okay. Okay, I'm so well, sorry. They didn't give me a plastic lid, at least, although I guess apparently that didn't make a difference. The way that I failed is that um, I got a tea and they put a tea bag in it. And then after I was I was halfway through drinking it and I was like, oh, this tea bag is probably made of plastic.
1: Yeah, (laughs) they're all nylon, I think, for the most part, aren't they?
0: Well, that's a terrible shame. So I failed three (laughs) times then. There was the Tim Hortons that had the the tea bag and the cup that I didn't even think about. And (laughs) oh man, that must be true of like McDonald's everything just all of those cups god yeah. damn it i'm such a fool <laughs> all right what about you did you did you do okay
1: this week um no i had a. I i guess depending on how you count it either two or three fails i don't feel so bad about them actually no three or four fails because the ice cream tin that was one <laughs> that was just a straight up fail the other two were kind of tricky so one of them, I discovered that the, like, valve cap on my bicycle was missing for one of my tires, and, like, you need those. They keep air in the tires. So I bought a package of those, and the caps themselves are plastic, and they were covered in plastic, so that was plastic. But there's really no other way to get them. Like, even if you buy a metal one, you've got to get it covered in plastic of some kind. Yeah, so. what are you going to do? I actually found the grocery shop was not hard at all, which is surprising to me. Yeah. You were worried about that. I was, yeah. It did require that I, like, I chose to get cherry tomatoes because they were selling them loose instead of getting, like, grape tomatoes or something. But, like, that was. And, yeah, I picked a mini cucumber because they were selling those loose rather than getting a bigger one. Do they all have stickers on them? Do the stickers count? Yeah, they have stickers, but, like,. You can't eat. <laughs> so I'm not counting
0: the stickers because I just all have them. Okay, cool. Well, that's not so bad then. We're almost, we're halfway through now, so. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. <laughs> I really want chips. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I don't know. Snack food. Um, how have your last, last two weeks been?
1: <laughs> um, so... My last two weeks, I feel like I kind of fell off the plastic-free bandwagon hard, mostly in the form of chips. <laughs> no, you couldn't go a month without <laughs> chips, Christian. I could not. Uh, and I'm going to have to examine some parts of my life, uh, <laughs> not revelation about myself. <laughs> I went without chocolate
0: milk. I didn't know you were cheating for chips. <laughs> Got two bags of chips. <laughs> I waited. And they were glorious. <laughs> I got the chalk. I got chocolate milk yesterday. We're recording this on July 3rd. I bought chocolate milk yesterday and I drank a liter in like a sitting because I just missed <laughs> it so much. My my chocolate almond milk. It has like one plastic nozzle on the top and the rest of it is fine. But I was being as strict as I could this month.
1: <laughs> That's amazing. Um I'm super proud of you and super
0: not proud of me. <laughs> I I don't know. If two chips is all you got, then I still think you did a better oh, job no. than I did. I
1: also because Early in the month, I'm sure we talked about this, but I had like a few orders that I'd placed that hadn't received, I hadn't received, so I got packaging from that, and then there's some other areas, like I had to buy toilet paper at like the end of the month. I really thought I was gonna go the whole month without having to get toilet paper, but didn't work out that way. And it was covered in plastic, so nothing I could do about that. <laughs> it was an emergency situation. <laughs> Couldn't you go and get, like, the toilet
0: paper that comes wrapped in, like, paper? You know, the, the one No, because
1: the waste-free store is the only one that sells it, and they are only due delivery is Tuesday to Friday, and you have to give them 24 hours' notice. So it did not work <laughs> in this situation. <laughs> well, I guess, I guess,
0: you're, and we're not ready for toilet, pre- toilet paper-free life yet. Although, that'll probably be a challenge in the future. I don't know.
1: Well, I was thinking about getting a bidet, but then it has plastic in it, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so you're like, I might as well just
0: go with the toilet paper, it's easier.
1: Yeah, exactly. Anyway, sorry, go ahead, how was your two weeks?
0: I, man, I bought bananas and they were like organic and they had like a plastic thing on the top of them. What's that about? I don't know what that's about, but I've seen that in a few places before. Maybe it like keeps them fresh. I don't know. They were too green and I didn't end up getting to eat most of them anyways. Like I, I tried to let them ripen, but it just wasn't happening. It's been like a week and a half and I had to just, I had to just give up. I was like, no, these bananas aren't gonna, it's not gonna happen. Um, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> uh, a couple of times I failed because my boyfriend surprised me. So he surprised me with Starbucks and a picnic. Um, and the Aww. picnic was just like, yeah, it was really sweet. And I was not – I didn't say anything to him about it because he he knew I was doing the challenge, but he forgets too. So he got me like a, a Starbucks and and like some bread to go with this picnic and a couple of other things that were like kind of plastic. And I was like, well, this is so sweet that I'm not going to shame him for it. But then the next day he was like, oh, do you want to – do something that involves plastic i can't remember what and i was like oh no plastic free and he was like oh no our picnic yesterday and i was like it's fine (laughs) (laughs) i can make an exception for
1: romantic gestures (laughs) yeah it's like the the zero waste policy like you don't shit on the gifts just like you know save it for like a few months from now to remind people or in the case of our podcast challenges, I feel like it's such a burden on the people in our lives I'm trying to remember what particular challenge we're on. At time. <laughs> I know,
0: I didn't say anything. I was like, I, yeah. So another way that I failed was I actually, I don't know if this is the same as your chips thing, but I broke down and bought some weed. <laughs> they come in the plastic <laughs> Yeah, containers. it's impossible
1: to get that without plastic. <laughs>
0: Um, The last, okay, so the last way I failed was pretty big. It's going to make you feel a lot better about your chips. (laughs) (laughs) Um, To be honest, I feel great about the chips. (laughs) No regrets. (laughs) (laughs) I, I went camping and I don't have like much camping stuff. So we were able to borrow a lot of it from friends and family, but I ended up having to buy like a (laughs) <laughs> we didn't want to go super rough and just sleep straight on the ground. I I was <laughs> fine with that idea, but my boyfriend was like, absolutely not. I draw the line. So, <laughs> so we bought like a foam camping mattress because I can't sleep on an air mattress. They're the worst. Otherwise, I think I did pretty good.
1: Yeah, it's an impossible challenge. So like even um, I was looking at the Plastic Free July website today and they don't even have like a don't use any. I mean, they have, like, the option. You can click and say, I'm going to use no plastic. But most of it's geared around not using single-use plastic because I, people it's just eat. impossible. <laughs> I, I, I was thinking about it. Um, One of the thoughts I had was, okay, we've done this whole month. I haven't succeeded the whole time. But mostly it's focusing on not buying single-use plastic or, like, new plastic items. Can I go a day without using any plastic? And no is the answer (laughs) i don't even think i would have gotten an hour like my laptop has a bunch of plastic in it there's plastic in most of the appliances i have like it's just so ubiquitous to our lives that i don't know it's a really really hard challenge to fulfill i think i think it's one of my favorite challenges because i've done it before the
0: plastic free july um and even doing it now, I, well, I found it a lot easier this time because I've done it before. But the first time I did it, people listening, honestly, I really recommend this challenge. It's eye opening. It's, um, it's fun. It's kind of fun, honestly. Like it, <laughs> it, it's one of my, my more enjoyable experiences doing a challenge for this podcast. And every time I do it, I kind of like, cause this is the second time now. And I went grocery shopping yesterday and I was off the hook. I could buy anything I wanted. And there was a bunch of stuff that I had on my wish list for the last month. Like, I'm super lazy and I like to get my garlic pre-crushed in a tub. And Oh, no, Kyla, we
1: have to do an episode on human rights and that. But Oh, no. <laughs> well, OK, it's fine. Because Actually, I'll just let you enjoy that for a while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's fine because I went to get some yesterday and I was like, do you know what? I can just crush my own garlic. So (laughs) that's the nice thing about doing a whole challenge for a month. Like, our our veganuary made me way better at being vegan,
1: too. So That's true, yeah. There are some, like, some minor produce changes that I'll probably, you know, I'll never switch back to the, like, hearts of romaine because they're covered in plastic when you can get a perfectly good whole head of romaine that isn't. (laughs) All right. So do you want to tell me all of the horrible things you've researched about plastic
0: for this episode?
1: Yeah, but first I want to give just a little plug for Plastic Free July. It just feels like a nice thing to do. Yeah, because it's an actual
0: organization. When I first did it, I thought it was just like a hashtag or something.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like um, Plastic Free July is sort of similar to Veganuary in a lot of ways. It's basically an awareness raising campaign where... Um, where people pledge to change their behavior for a designated month of the year, in this case, ju- uh, July instead of January. Um, and the idea is basically, if you can live for a month, um, trying to either get rid of single use plastics or trying not to use any plastics at all, that's going to prompt a lot of sort of ideas about how... How ingrained plastic is and like where are areas where you use a lot of plastic? For me, I learned that chips, chips are where I use a lot of plastic. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm definitely going to be looking for plastic free alternatives in the future. Um, and the idea is that this month challenge, you're doing something that's really hard and probably for most people isn't going to be possible to continue over the long term. But with the idea that In the future, you can become more flexible, but the things that you've learned or the sort of horrifying moments of realization you've had um, are going to sort of carry forward. Uh, It is... uh, Plastic Free July is run by the Plastic Free Foundation, uh, which is based in Australia, and they claim to have inspired over 250 million participants in 177 countries. So... I couldn't find, like, Veganuary actually had, like, a list of um, how many people had pledged that year, which I wasn't able to find for Plastic Free July, but they claim to have a pretty big following over their history. So if you are interested, we've got a link to them on the website. Otherwise, you can just Google Plastic Free July. It'll come up. Um, and you can sign on for different levels of the challenge. So one level is to avoid single-use, pla- um, single-use plastic packaging. Another one is to eliminate the top four takeaway items, which are bags, bottles, straws, and coffee cups. And then the last option, which is sort of like the hard alternative, um, is to go completely plastic-free. You can also sign on to Plastic Free July if you're a business or let's say you're already like a plastic-free maven and you want to help organize local events. They also offer that option, so definitely check it out.
0: Cool. Yeah. I don't know. I found it really valuable just for personally noticing. The first time I did it, it just blew me away. I was like, oh, literally everything is plastic and we're drowning (laughs) in it. Cool. And you might know that. breathing it. Fun times. (laughs) Great. Yeah. I'm excited to hear more about that. (laughs) But it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know it, but until you start doing the challenge, you don't, it's like, you kind of feel it at the end. You're like, oh,
1: it's sunk in, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And just realizing how constrained you are in various elements of your life. um, it's. I think it's particularly hard in a pandemic. Like, a lot of the things I felt I was depriving myself of were things that in an ordinary life I wouldn't be, you know? Like, just that that idea like, okay, uh, maybe I want like a takeaway coffee or something. That wasn't an option at all because there are no reusable cups that are allowed right now. And, but like if you were doing this in a non-pandemic year, that might not be like a constraint that you have. So there is... Yeah, that. I will say
0: I saved a lot of money this month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My grocery bill... Yeah, you bill. can't buy anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah my, my grocery bill was... A third of what it normally is. <laughs> so,
1: I mean, I think mine slightly went up because I was going to the nicer produce store that has no plastic in basically anything. So it wasn't actually cheaper for me.
0: But. I just refused to go shopping. I just stretched out all my meals and cooked everything in my house. <laughs> and I only ended up going shopping oh, like I twice. Did?
1: I ran through all the noodles in my house. <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing that happened near the end that I forgot to say. There's no, you can't buy noodles that aren't covered in plastic. It's impossible. So there's it was, it was really touch and go there for a bit. <laughs> can't you make your own noodles? Uh, yeah, I can, but can I? <laughs> in theory, I could. Uh, but I do not have that kind of time. All right. So should we talk about what plastic is? Yeah,
0: because you, we we talked about this in our, our first two plastic-free check-ins. I was getting takeaway cups from like, mcdonald's and starbucks and you were like no kyla those have plastic and i was like what they feel like paper (laughs) (laughs) Yeah.
1: yeah there's so much that like a lot of items these days have plastic as like one material of many in them and it's tough because even more so than something that's just purely plastic that's like really hard to recycle which is one of the challenges with plastic that we'll get into later But essentially, part of the problem is plastic is... What I wanted to do was to find a nice, easy definition of what plastic is. I thought for my own personal self, that would ground me, (laughs) help me to explain plastic. Um, (laughs) But it turns out plastic is like thousands of things and it's really complicated. So here we go. The... Word plastic is derived from the Greek word plastikos, which basically means it's fit for molding. And so that's more or less the property around which anything that's called plastic is based. So rather than being like one material, plastic is actually like a range of synthetic and semi-synthetic materials that have the property of plasticity. So that means they're capable of being molded or shaped. And plastics often as well have a low density. They often don't conduct electricity very well. Uh, they're often sort of transparent and they're often sort of like a hardier material. But in some cases plastics aren't any of those things. The, the sort of core characteristic is that they are they're plastic. they have plasticity. <laughs> Great I definition definition said so far. all those words to get to plastic is plastic <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Um, So when we talk about plastics today, we're usually referring to synthetic polymers, which are basically materials that are made of long, repeating chains of molecules. I don't know what that means. (laughs) Chemists can tell me maybe. Um, But there are also natural polymers, and that includes things like rubber, wood, and even proteins or polymers. So plastics are synthetic polymers, I guess. (laughs) But not all polymers are plastics. I don't know. I'm not a chemist. There's a reason that's true. <laughs> so that basically, when you want to make a plastic, you have to start from something called um, a monomer or multiple monomers. And those monomers, I don't know what they are. They're transformed into polymers through something called polymerization, which makes sense. So it's like a chemical process in which one thing's turned into another thing. And then the polymers are basically, like, processed into resins, and then that's used to make final products. I don't know, man. usually I have a better explanation of how things are made, but plastics, honestly, they are very science-y. And that is part of the reason that they were super loved in the 1930s like, and 40s, because they were seen as, like, a, a sign of progress and how, like, man had mastered the universe. <laughs> like our straws. <laughs> is plastic... Okay,
0: forgive me if this is the dumbest question ever, although... I'm pro- it's probably not. <laughs> I thought plastics, maybe it's not all plastics, but I thought most plastics were like an offshoot of the oil industry.
1: They are, yeah. So, yes. <laughs> Not all plastics are petroleum-based, but most of the ones we use today are. So there are some, like, um, I'll get into this when I talk about the history of plastic a little bit, but there are some non petroleum-based plastics, um, especially historically, but today plastic is mostly a petroleum byproduct and in fact it's the third most commonly used petroleum derivative in the world. So there are 200 million tons of plastic that are used annually worldwide and most of that is coming from like petroleum products basically. What
0: if plastic is so ubiquitous, what is being produced more than plastic if it's third? (laughs) Oil. (laughs) Oil. Okay, fair. It's a plastics sort of episode, Kyle. Kind of- <laughs> okay, yeah, sorry.
1: I I'm 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 going way down the rabbit hole I can on that barely one. describe what plastics are. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, the um plastics sort of do have a long history-ish, um but mostly they originate in like the 1800s and later. The first recorded mention of early natural plastics was in 1284. And at that time, what plastics basically meant was things like horn and tortoise shell. So they had some characteristics of plasticity, but they they weren't plastics in the way that we would sort of identify them today. So really, the history of plastics doesn't come until the late 1800s. One of the major developments is um, the invention of something called parkazine, which is also called celluloid. And it was basically the first commercial man-made version of plastic. It's not super widely used anymore because it's highly flammable and it's expensive to produce. Two things you don't really want. (laughs) (laughs) At the time, it was a really big development. So then there were like a few other kinds of plastic products that were invented throughout the late 1800s. The next big breakthrough comes in 1907 when someone named uh, Leo Bakeland, he invented something that he called Bakelite. So, well, nod to himself there. Humble guy, as one can tell. Wow.
0: (laughs) Wow, fuck that guy. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I love it, but also, yikes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) He seemed like a bit of a narcissist. I didn't go into his history that much, but... And I I mean, he invented something that has led us
0: down a path of horror so you know
1: (laughs) (laughs) at the time it was viewed as amazing though right like um so bakelite was the first truly synthetic plastic and it like (laughs) actually i'll just i'll just tell you how bakelite the corporation described their product (laughs) so they basically had this ad that claimed that humans had transcended the old taxonomy of animal mineral and vegetable So instead, the world had a fourth kingdom whose boundaries are unlimited. And that for them was plastic, which is, I think, eerily true given the situation we have environmentally, but not in the way they meant it.
0: (laughs) No, they meant it in a more positive spin than I think. I mean, I don't know. Plastic is so complex because obviously our medical system is as amazing as it is because of plastic. And we have so many amazing things because of plastic. And it's like... Oh boy, like, I mean, yeah, it made a lot of stuff possible. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. So this, this is like part of the the challenge, right? It's like the early 1900s, plastic is this amazing product that they, is sort of just becoming mastered by, um, you know, scientists and then being commercialized for the first time. Um, you start to see things like, uh, Nylon stockings start to get produced, which were super popular. The, like, the Rolls-Royce starts using plastic in its car interiors, and that's something that, to this day, you can have lighter cars because they use plastic parts, right? So there's a lot of—plastic has a lot of super useful properties that make it a wonder product— but at the same time, we're now sort of reckoning with the fact that we're using a lot of shit plastic for, like, things we probably don't need to have plastic for. So, yeah, you know, there's this there's this period of development. Um, plastics really sort of gets its commercial foot in the door during the Second World War because then it starts to get used in a bunch of um, military applications. So it's used in parach- parachutes. It's used in grenades. It's used in airplanes. It's used in a bunch of other stuff. And then when the war ends... Um, Plastic companies that were geared toward military production start to market their material for consumers, and in particular, that starts to be the development of disposable plastics um, as part of like the consumer revolution. Right? We talked about this in the zero waste episode that it be- plastic becomes this um, and dis- and throwaway materials generally become this sort of time saver for wives. Uh, they become this convenience material that people really glom onto. And suddenly we're selling more and more plastic, and by 1979, we're actually producing, for the first time, more plastic than we're producing steel in the world. And I didn't specifically look it up, but I imagine that's true today because plastic's been on an upward trajectory. So in recent years, that shift has primarily been from durable plastics to single-use plastics, which is a lot of the problem that we'll get into. I want to talk a little bit about types of plastics. This may be a bit of a boring section, but it's really important for part of the episode later. So (laughs) I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Hit me. I'm I'm ready. (laughs) So there are lots of different kinds of plastic. I'm not going to even scratch the surface in terms of talking about all of them. But generally, you can think about two different categories of plastics. The first one is thermoset plastics. And those are plastics that basically once they're cooled and hardened, they retain their shapes and they can't return to their original form. So those are sort of like the hard and durable plastics. The other kind of plastic consists of thermoplastics. So they're less rigid, they can soften upon heating and they return to their original form. They're easily mo- molded and extruded into fibers and um, like films and packaging So, those are the ones that you'll often see today because, you know, we often use them in packaging formats and things like that. I'm going to talk about a few particular kinds of plastics. These are ones that you'll probably use in many different applications of your life, but if you're like me, you've maybe heard of a couple of these, but you didn't really, I don't know, I didn't really know most of these. I'd heard a few of them mentioned, but. Do you you know of any kinds of plastics before I jump into these? Nope. I mean, maybe. (laughs) Maybe you'll say something. Yeah, you'll probably have heard of a couple of these. Exactly. (laughs) But yeah, the like recall from nothing. I couldn't have named a plastic if you'd asked me to before.
0: Wait, hang on. Let me just pause for a second and think.
1: Mm, No. (laughs) (laughs) No. Okay, so the first one is called polyethylene, and you might see this sometimes on packages as PE, and it's the most common polymer that's used in plastics. So you'll see two main variants of polyethylene. The first one is low-density polyethylene, so LDPE, and that's the stuff that you find in grocery bags, plastic film, and bread bags, that kind of thing. So LDPE is it's sort of like a, a cheap but it's a cheap throwaway plastic basically that's pretty moldable. Then there's high density polyethylene, which is a a stiffer plastic and it's used in like more robust plastic packaging. So if you've got like a laundry detergent container that's plastic, it's probably HDPE, shampoo bottles, milk jugs, if you're not from a province that uses bagged milk for reasons I don't understand. <laughs> So yeah, you if you have like trash bins too, they might be HDPE plastic. The next one is polyethylene terephthalate. Wow. <laughs> I think that's how you say it. Good job. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of consonants in a row on that one. So you can, you'll often see this one as PET or P-E-T-E, and it's the most widely used plastic in the world. It's used predominantly in our friend polyester. Uh, <laughs> shout out to the clothing episode. And it's also used in bottles and packaging. So if you have Ziploc bags, that's the main plastic that Ziploc bags use. And it's also used in things like cake trays. Wait, polyester is the
0: same material as Ziploc bags?
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. What? <laughs> that is... That's... I mean, there are like some differences, I imagine. No, of course. Like, but like fundamentally... same base compound, yeah.
0: Yeah, it, like yeah. boils down to being the same stuff. <laughs> Wow. So
1: instead of being the, like, paper bag princess, we're all kind of like the plastic bag princesses. Ah, uh,
0: it's uh. a nice little Canadian Robert Munch shout out there. I actually love the <laughs> paper bag princess. <laughs> I
1: didn't realize that was a Canadian thing. Yeah, I didn't
0: know that either until I lived abroad and I was like, oh, the paper bag princess. And people are like, the what? And I was like, no, stop it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's a really good children's book. Y'all should find it. (laughs) So the next one, (laughs) the next one is a polyvinyl chloride or PVC um, or just vinyl. And it's strong, rigid and brittle. It's a plastic that's often used in construction. So you might have heard the term PVC pipe before. That's because it's pipe made out of PVC. Vinyl sidings. I don't know how common that is elsewhere in the world, but in Canada, it's super common because we get weather. So, if you have that on your house, it's made of PVC. Might also be in mouthwash bottles and some clear food packaging as well. All right, two more to go through. Swear we're almost done. (laughs) So, (laughs) polypropylene or PP is a semi transparent plastic and it has like a low friction surface. So, stuff doesn't stick to it very well. And so, it's used in things like cheese containers, syrup bottles, and yogurt containers. Things you don't want food to stick to. Makes sense. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) And then the last one is one you will have probably heard of before. It's polystyrene, also called PS or styrofoam. Yeah, sure. That makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, styrofoam. That's that's the only one I had like for sure, for sure heard of before. It's used in packaging. It's also used in soft drink lids, takeaway containers, and it also is used in medical devices like test tubes.
0: So are those all of the different types
1: of plastic, or... Goodness, no. I actually, like, I had compiled a list twice as long as this, and I was like, no, these are the ones I absolutely need to talk about because they come up later in the episode. (laughs) That was it. There are many other types of plastic, but these are, like, the most common ones, I would say, although you're definitely using other kinds of plastic in your life. Uh, You just, you know, "Eh, I don't know what they are. (laughs) Fair enough. Yeah, there's a lot of plastic in our world. So um, I want to talk briefly about the environment in plastics. I don't want to go into it in too much detail because we do have an upcoming interview with uh, Sarah King at Greenpeace, and I imagine she's going to tell us a lot more about that. So I don't want to steal her thunder on this. But I do want to sort of just contextualize why we care about plastics before we start talking about solutions, because otherwise that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> okay, so... Um, If you want more information on environment and plastics and don't want to wait for the the new episode, uh, we have already sort of introduced this topic briefly in our Zero Waste episode, so you can listen to that. Uh, Essentially, we've produced 320 million metric tons of plastic. There's a fuck ton of plastic out there. The volume of plastic is like – the weight of the plastic that we have produced in the world is heavier than every human alive combined. There's a lot of plastic in the world. And it lasts forever. (laughs) It lasts, yeah, for hundreds, possibly thousands of years. We don't really know. Uh, And the amount of plastic that we have is set to double by 2040. That's a lot of plastic. We don't have a good plan for dealing with it, and it's going to stick around for ages. There are four main environmental problems that that causes. So the first one is emissions. Because plastic is primarily a petroleum byproduct, it contributes to climate change. Second one is pollution. The vast amount of plastics that we dispose every year in our packaging containers and clothing are polluting our land and water environment. And third, and connected to this, um, is animals. When plastic ends up in ecosystems, it can kill animals who ingest it or who become entangled in it. So in the zero waste episode, we talk about that um, albatross chick that had starved because um, their stomach was full of plastic. That's the kind of thing that animals die from. And lastly, micro, pro, microplastics, which is sort of the, the big rising issue that we know is bad, but we the, like scientists are still working on understanding how bad. So essentially, there's a recent discovery that plastics, even though they don't biodegrade for hundreds of years, they shed microplastics pretty much right away. And that gets into our air, soil, and water. We talked about that a little in our laundry episode. Um, But basically, plastic microfibers have been found in some of the most remote ecosystems in the world. And pretty much all the time, we are breathing, drinking, and eating plastic. It's just everywhere, (laughs) these microplastics.
0: And when people talk about like the, I know you've been looking into this a little bit actually, but the plastic problem with our oceans, isn't a huge part of that problem? The fact that we can't, like the, the plastic is too small for us to collect it even if we tried?
1: Yeah, that's part of the problem. We can't really collect the microplastics. Um, and scientists, like the, they're still working on understanding which microplastics are harmful in which ways to humans and animals. But there have already been some studies that have found that microplastics are harmful for animals and humans. So it's not good for us. It's everywhere. It'll probably never go away because we just have so much plastic and all of it is shedding these microfibers. And it gets into our water systems and into our air. So it's a, it's a big problem. That is bleak. Yeah. There are lots of reasons that we would want to not have as much plastic produced. So what I want to talk about next is sort of like a few debates on what the solutions are. Uh, the first one is the question of recycling plastics. Any initial impressions before we go into that? Can you even do it? <laughs> <laughs> The TLDR of this section. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's that's um, a big problem. And like, I think we're going to do a recycling episode, so I don't want to go into too much depth on the problems with our recycling systems. But we will just say not a lot of plastic gets recycled. So of all the plastic that we've produced so far, only about 14% has ever been collected for recycling, and only 5% has actually ever been recycled. So the vast majority of plastic that's out there is not getting recycled. Well, and I know
0: that when you do recycle it, it turns it into like a lower quality product, and then that can't really be recycled afterwards. Or there's there's like a finite number of times you can recycle it, and then it just has to go in the bin? I don't know.
1: Yeah, no, you're right. Um, depending on the product and, like, if it's a compound, it's often harder to recycle, and some materials are more recyclable than others, but sometimes you can get a one-to-one um, recycling. Like, glass is pretty good for that. You can pretty much produce glass from glass again, um, but depending on what kind of plastic and in what sort of forms it's in and if it's in a compound you may not be able to produce something that can look anything like the thing that it was um, after you've recycled it, for sure. And that means there are limitations to um, how many uses you can get out of plastic. But it's more or less a moot point because we're mostly not recycling any of the plastic we produce anyway.
0: (laughs) Even the stuff you put in the recycling doesn't really get treated a lot, which is it sucks because a lot of plastic containers now are putting like little recycling symbols on them, but it's like, oh, only if you have a specific recycling facility that you can bring it to, or I don't know. Like then there's so many different levels of plastic that it's like, I don't know. I don't even know. And I'm like, I care a little (laughs) bit. You know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the recycling codes because those are super important. It's important to know that, So the recyclable symbol on its own doesn't really tell you a lot, because in theory, pretty much any plastic can be recycled. Uh, It's just a question of whether it will be recycled, basically. And and that's two layers, right? One is like, does your municipality say it in theory recycles this thing? And the second thing is the problem that, you know, no plastics recycling basically is going on in the world right now, (laughs) because China has stopped doing it. So... That's a whole other layer we're not even gonna get into. But what are some things you can think about if you're trying to recycle your plastics? So the first thing, it's super important to follow good recycling etiquette. And that means um, if you've got little sh- little strands of plastic, you wanna make sure that they're sort of um, accumulated together because otherwise little items will get lost. Also make sure that you rinse any food or grease from your plastic. The reason for that, um, is that it's primarily for if you're not, like if you've got a recycling system where you also have paper in it or other products like that, um, the grease or food residue can actually ruin the paper so it can't be recycled. So you want to make sure that it's clean. Uh, It doesn't have to be like immaculate though, that's okay. Just rinse it. Um, So after you've rinsed your plastic and you've just trying to decide whether to put it in the bin, it's important to pay attention to the number and letter code that's on the plastic. So that refers basically to what type of plastic it is, um, which will determine whether you can recycle it or not. So generally speaking, lower number plastics are more likely to be recycled. The number is going to be between one and seven. If you see one with a plastic code one, that means it is polyethylene terephthalate (laughs) slash P-E-T-P-E-T-E. And uh, that one is most, usually it'll be recyclable in curbside. So code number one is good. Code number two is high density polyethylene or HDPE. That's also good. So one and two can both go in the recycling bin usually. And the, the other one that almost always is allowed in curbside pickup is number 5 or polypropylene slash PP. So if you see codes 1, 2, or 5, it's pretty likely that your municipality will accept it, so you can put it in. If you have plastic number 3, so that's the vinyl or PVC, generally you can't use curbside pickup, but you typically will be able to find some recycling program that can take it. So either sometimes there'll be companies that you can bring it to, um, or in some cases your municipality will have it. It just won't be part of the curbside collection. So definitely look into that. Plastics number four and six are gonna be tougher. So plastic number four is that low density polyethylene or LDPE, so that's like the the wraps and things like that. It's usually not collectible in curbside bins, nor is six, which is styrofoam. And it's important to note that, like, both of those can be recycled. They just aren't economical to recycle, usually, um, because they're not very valuable plastics. And so usually it's not profitable for, like, the recycling companies to recycle them. Having said that, uh, you should look into recycling programs in your area, because Like, there's a lot of activism around this kind of stuff, and, uh, there may be programs available where you can recycle those kinds of plastic. You'll just have to, you'll have to do more than just putting it in your curbside bin, because it's just gonna get thrown out if it's in the curbside bin. And it's tricky,
0: it's not as easy as just saying like don't use styrofoam because when you order something online, which a lot of us are doing more often lately thanks to COVID, you never know how <laughs> they're gonna send it, right? Like
1: Yeah. Although you can say no plastic and sometimes they'll honor that. So I would always recommend oh, Okay. That. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. They they won't always, but sometimes they will. It's a good option. Yeah, it depends on the it depends on the company, I guess. Yeah. Uh, the last uh, plastics number is number seven, and that is mixed plastics, and it's usually just not recyclable. So if you see a number seven, I probably don't bother with it. All right, that was all the plastic types. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm exhausted. I don't know how you do all this research. <laughs> my God, when I, I had, it took me like an hour to come up with something approximating a definition of plastic. Like, <laughs> Yeah, there's a lot going on how they get you they just science it
0: <laughs> yeah it's just it's overwhelming like yes it's it's a lot there's a lot going on
1: yes all right uh so now we'll, we'll talk about sort of the next option so recycling that's an option but it's not perfect a lot of the times plastic doesn't get recycled or it isn't recyclable in your local area or even if you're doing your best more or less there's a stall on all plastics recycling right now so it's not a great solution. So what about bioplastics? That's another thing that people often say. I know personally, um, I think I, I don't know whether I talked about this in our plastic-free updates. So maybe now would be a good time to add it if I did.
0: <laughs> and if not, maybe we'll just mention it again. So yeah. I actually had a question about that because I... But I didn't say the thing yet. <laughs> one of the ways that I failed was that I had... Like a, like a lunch from a – it's it's like a – where was it? Like a Mexican place or a burrito place? I don't know. But they, they do a lot of – they try to be as eco-friendly as possible. Everything comes in paper bags. Everything's wrapped in paper. But they sent like a fork with it and the fork was plastic but it was like – it said biodegradable on it. And my impression of that sort of stuff is that it l- sucks. I don't know. <laughs> Am I-
1: yeah, so we're gonna talk about um, four different kinds of bioplastics. So there's bio-based, biodegradable, compostable, and oxo-degradable, and they all suck to different degrees. So <laughs> cool, cool. Like I love how this one thing still has like four mi- million different like things. Yo, to it's it. so complicated. This this took me a large part of my day to research too. Um, <laughs> it's, it's a lot, uh, but no. What I was gonna say is I had ordered from a like a candy company um, some vegan candies, and they had sent me a thing. I had bought like a bulk bag. This was not in June. This was in May, so I'm not as bad for the plastics. <laughs> I wasn't <in> the moratorium, <laughs> but I bought a big bag. So I was like, if I buy a big bag, that's great. It's only one plastic item. That's better than buying a bunch of little ones. And I was like completely shocked to open it and find that what they had done is they had, it was a mix, but instead of mixing it, which is what the word mix would imply, oh, they no. put it in 50, I, I counted it, it was more than 50 little bags of, oh. of plastic. And they all said that they were recyclable, um, but I don't remember what their code was, but like... And I, I did put them in the recycling bin, but I don't have that much faith that they're actually being recycled. That is um, so frustrating
0: when you try to do a good thing and then it comes and it's like, no,
1: this is exactly not yes. what I wanted. Yeah. And it's like, it's a fairly nice um, candy company. I don't want to... Sh- fuck it. It's Squish. <laughs> squish. Don't do this. Um, so I, I emailed them. Yeah. And- I love Squish. Be better, Squish. <laughs> I know. They make such good candy, but like I, I don't think I'm ever going to buy from them again because I was so mortified by this experience. Um, and I basically emailed them and I was like, yo, this was truly obscene levels of plastic. And I was specifically trying to avoid this by picking a mix. Like, I'm really mad. (laughs) And they sent me an email back saying, okay, we're looking into biodegradable plastics. And that's nice. It's not better. But it's not better. It's really not better. Um. And we'll, we'll talk about why, but the, that's, I think, part of the, part of the mentality that's going on right now, right? Consumers want more sustainability. And so companies are trying to look for alternatives and they're landing on biodegradable or bioplastics. Um, but it's not actually a real solution. And so it's really important that consumers not accept that. So we'll talk about why. There are a bunch of different kinds of bioplastics. The first kind is bio-based plastics, and essentially, bio-based plastics are bioplastics that aren't biodegradable. Did I say the word bio enough in that sentence? <laughs> uh, so, you would think bio-based that probably means they're biodegradable, but no. Uh, essentially, what it means is that they're they're bio-based, so they're made from plant materials rather than petroleum. But they're not biodegradable because biodegradability essentially depends on the chemical structure and not on like what the source of the plastic is. So if you're producing the same compound, it doesn't matter if that's coming from sugarcane or from oil, if the ultimate compound is the same thing. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yeah. I actually I have a I have a question that probably
0: you might not know the answer to. But if we can make plastic, why can't we just unmake it and put it back into like a
1: Yeah, there um I mean I don't I don't know specific I think you'd have to look at the specific strains of plastic, what particular challenges they pose, but essentially it's it's really hard to like go back to square one with with certain kinds of plastics. But there are lots of smart people working on it, and it may be that they're a better technology in the future. I would just, um, I would caution people against taking the like wait, uh, wait for a sort of miracle Deus Ex Machina of, you know, yeah, like plastics recycling technology, because in the meantime, we're, we're producing just truly bananas levels of plastic every year. So bioplastics in general are a super small area of Plastics production. So less than 1% of the entire plastics industry is bioplastics. And if you take that tiny 1% chunk, more than half of that is just bio based plastics that aren't actually biodegradable. So more than half of the time when you're getting a bio based plastic, it's not going to be of the biodegradable kind. It's going to be something that's made from like sugar cane or corn, but that won't actually biodegrade. And those come with their own issues. Yeah, and I'm, I'm gonna talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> so um, basically, the bioplastics market is—it's uh, dominated by what they call drop-in materials. So that'll be things like bio-based polyethylene or bio-based PET, and essentially. The end use, like the end product of that, is more or less the same as the fossil-based or like conventional alternative. It's just from a bio-based source. The reason for that is that if you take a bio-based plastic and make it into the same kind of compound as like a conventional plastic, you then don't need to build new machines and you don't need to get new recycling infrastructure because it's the same thing. So, you don't need to make new machines to deal with them. So, it's a lot more economical to do these kind of drop in methods. That's why bio based um, is the most common form of bioplastic, basically. And there is a little bit of an advantage to bio based plastic. Like, over its conventional counterpart, bio based plastics are at the very least made from plants. So, they don't solve the trash problem at all. But at the very least, there is some emissions reduction that happens from that because it's not made from fossil fuels. But I mean, the big downside is it doesn't solve the issue of microplastics, it doesn't solve issues of toxicity, and it doesn't solve um, problems with single-use plastic pollution. None of those are actually addressed by bio-based pr- plastics at all. Um, and also, it's not great from an emissions perspective because when you have these plastics either incinerated or in landfill, they do still then... Release the stored carbon that was placed in that plastic product, right? So you take the stored carbon from the sugar cane or whatever, when it gets incinerated at a, like after it's been disposed of, that releases the CO2 into the air. Or if it goes into a landfill, it produces methane, which is much worse, you know? So on balance, maybe slightly better than petroleum plastic, but not really great. And then there's also the issues of like, you're now using land to produce corn for plastics um, instead of for other things that could feed people. And also, you're potentially converting wild land, so there's the downside on that. So like the TLDR of bio-based plastics is they're the worst kind of bioplastic, but maybe they have a slight edge over conventional plastic. The next one is biodegradable plastics. <laughs> Category 2. So not all biodegradable plastics are bio-based. Some of them are, some of them aren't. Biodegradable plastics basically just means that it can biodegrade by some length of time in some condition somewhere. I know that's not very specific, but I'll explain why this is actually a really big challenge. Biodegradable plastics are really hard to make, and it's essentially because you If you're a chemist trying to design a biodegradable plastic, you need to design a plastic that, first of all, does all the things you want the plastic that you're making to do. And then you also have to ensure that it is like a food source for microorganisms, right? So you need it not only to degrade, not only to break down, you also need it to biodegrade. Otherwise, you're just like a microplastics machine. That doesn't solve the problem. So essentially... There, you need to have organisms that can break down the molecule chains, um, so these like, long polymer molecule chains, um, to make new compounds that are sort of shorter and, I don't know, science. <laughs> They're different. <laughs> they break them down, they eat them. Uh, and that basically means you need the right microbe with the right enzyme for the right plastic. And that's a really hard set of conditions to match.
0: Yeah, that sounds like impossible almost (laughs) yeah so (laughs) unless the unless the companies that are producing this biodegradable plastic are also taking it back you know what i mean
1: yes and that's a huge problem with biodegradable plastics because they'll only work in certain conditions um for the most part unless you build in like biodegrading triggers for each potential environment they might end up in which just becomes like wily coyote complicated you know Uh, so there are lots of different kinds of biodegradable plastics and they basically, they behave in different ways in different places because there are different microorganisms everywhere. And even if you have a biodegradable plastic that works well and is put in the right environment for it to biodegrade, it's still going to take up to years for it to biodegrade in the environment. So one of the problems too, is that there are So you can get voluntary standards for certifying biodegradable plastics, but usually they'll make reference to biodegradation in specific conditions. So one example is industrial composting, but you have no guarantee that your plastic is going to end up in the particular environment they're tested for. And also they're usually lab-based approximations of the environment that they'll be in. So they're actually optimized. They're going to come out in those tests more efficient than they'll actually behave in the real world, which is another problem. And a third problem is that um, a lot of plastic ends up in the oceans, which are not super ideal for biodegradation. It's cold, there's not a lot of sunlight, and oftentimes there's not a high concentration of microorganisms. And so trying to like figure out, first of all, people are sort of debating, should all biodegradable plastics have to adhere to a, a marine standard? And like, if that's true... What does that mean? The ocean is so huge and has so many different ecosystems in it. Uh, it's become a real problem. The short version of this is all that in the wrong situation, biodegradable plastics may never break down. So we can never really say for sure if the biodegradable plastic that we're using is ever going to biodegrade in the environment. It all depends on where it ends up. And I, it, like, unless you're specifically dealing with the end use of that product by like, You know it's a biodegradable product that works in like this rainforest environment, and you're putting it in the soil yourself. Like you have no way of knowing (laughs) um, that it's going to end up there. And you know, even if it eventually does biodegrade, in the meantime, like let's say you have a biodegradable plastic that will biodegrade in the ocean, and it ends up in the ocean, it still might entangle a seabird or something. Yeah, or get eaten, or yeah. Yeah, so that's a whole thing. So that's biodegradable plastics category two, slightly better than bio-based. It does theoretically break down, but there's almost almost no way of ensuring that it will. So it's not really a solution either. But it's what every company is leaning towards right now, isn't it? Yeah, and they shouldn't be. It's a bad solution. So bioplastic three is a specific version of biodegradable plastics called compostable plastics, which are Compostable plastics. <laughs> compostable. <laughs> yeah. those are the ones
0: you see for your, your bin bag liners, for your compost bin. And and my impression of those is that they can be composted, but only in certain special facilities that have, like, extremely high heat machines yep. and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Basically, yeah. So, compostable plastic, it it's basically like a biodegradable plastic that will biodegrade in industrial composting. So... If you're going to do that, there are a few things you need to look into. The first one is you need to ensure that it's actually certified compostable, because if it's biodegradable, that's not the same thing. The other thing is that compostable plastics, like you cannot home compost it. It just will not work. It'll still be plastic. And in some cases, it might not be, even in industrial composting, it may not be something that Like your curbside composting can do. Uh, So, you need to check to make sure it's accepted in your area's green bin. So, for instance, uh, the city that I live in, Ottawa, does not compost its compostable plastic bags. So,
0: interesting. I haven't looked to see if Vancouver does. I kind of assumed they did because BC is all about like green. Yeah.
1: There was like a a fifth estate um, investigation and they found that most Canadian cities don't. Uh, So, I mean, Vancouver would be my guess on the one, although I also would have guessed they'd have fluoride in their water and they don't. So who
0: knows? Oh, yeah, that's right. I (laughs) forgot about that.
1: No wonder my teeth are getting bad since
0: I moved here. (laughs) But yeah. uh, Oh, I just Googled it. I just Googled it. It says most municipal food scraps recycling programs in Metro Vancouver currently do not accept plastic items labeled biodegradable or compostable so yeah there you go
1: (laughs) yeah and that's a big problem right i mean i understand why they do it but so what ottawa has basically decided to do and i think it's kind of confusing but i understand why they've gone for it is they do accept plastic bags in the compost which might lead you to believe that they can compost compostable plastic bags But in reality, all they've done is made this calculus to say, we want people to be composting and they're more likely to do it if we allow them to use plastic bags. And we figured out a way to get rid of the plastic bags before we compost the stuff. So in reality, if you're composting um, your compost in like a compostable plastic bag in Ottawa, it's going to be treated the same as other plastic bags. They're just going to take it out and throw it in the landfill. Uh, your other compost, like the stuff inside the bag is going to get composted, but not the bag itself. That makes sense. I hate it, but it makes sense. Yeah. So what I would recommend to people, if you're in that situation and you've been composting with a compostable bag, I mean, first option is if your city gives you a a bin like they do in Ottawa, just use the bin. It's honestly not that much harder. You have to rinse it. It takes 30 seconds. It's not hard. Um, but if you're not comfortable doing that or if you don't have a bin, another alternative is to use a, a paper bag. Um, and they, they do also make compostable paper bags that have like a, a bio lining that, um, like it won't leak. So make sure that's not made of plastic because then you're in the same time <laughs> loop. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, there, there are options out there. Don't, don't use a compostable plastic bag unless you know for sure your city composts it, which is usually not the case. And if you're in Canada, the
0: answer is probably no. If Vancouver and Burnaby don't do it and Ottawa don't do it, then I can't, I don't know who would.
1: No. Maybe Edmonton. They're weirdly good at waste management there. Um,
0: (laughs) (laughs) This is, okay, this is a little bit of an aside that has nothing to do with the episode, but I was talking to my roommate the other day and I was like, you haven't been to Edmonton, right? And he was like, no, I've never been to Northern Canada. And I was like, wait, Hold on a second. Is I mean Edmonton- it is
1: the northernmost major city in Yeah, the country? I, I know, but
0: like I grew up there and so like it's not even really halfway up the country. So no. <laughs> I never thought of it as north, but that I, I was shook. I was like, wait, <laughs> I'm from yeah, the it's North. It's definitely
1: not the North, but it is it is Northish.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Said like somebody else who obviously grew up in Edmonton.
1: <laughs> Oh, man. All right, but sorry, yeah, that aside. The, the tagline is basically just make sure your municipality is actually going to compost the plastic because usually they don't. And if they don't, you're in the same situation as you were if you were using conventional plastic, which is to say it sucks. Um, that And that the same goes with that for if there's a lot of like compostable plastic cups or utensils now. It's the same kind of situation. If you don't have somewhere that you specifically know you can compost it, it is not any better than just using conventional plastic. So, really make sure that that's some. You have a plan for the end use of that if you're going to use it. Otherwise, I'd recommend just like bringing a reusable set of utensils.
0: Yeah, and um, just to go quickly back to the Edmonton thing, they also do not accept <laughs> compostable bags. I just googled it.
1: <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so no, nowhere. definitely not toronto don't don't even bother checking (laughs) (laughs) whoa (laughs) some shade no i mean i love toronto i'd move back there in a second but they definitely there's no way they do (laughs) everything i know about the city suggests they wouldn't all right last category is something called oxo degradable plastics which i had never heard of before nope me neither um and they are Actually, worse than bio-based plastics, if you can believe it. <laughs> they, I think, are the worst of the four options. <laughs> How? So basically what oxoplastics or oxodegradable plastics are, they're bags that are made from conventional plastics that are then mixed with metal compounds that basically make them fall apart faster. So they degrade, they fall apart, there's no evidence so far that they actually biodegrade. So they just turn into microplastics
0: faster than everything else. <laughs> yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> Who is
1: advocating for that? I don't know. Big oxo degradable plastic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it's often it's often a kind of greenwash that you'll see. Um, I think they're mainly like plastic bags because it's mainly targeting the people that have like eco anxiety around plastic bags but like how can you possibly know all of this stuff it's just so complicated so people see oh this is like a degradable bag great but in reality no yeah, so the rule of thumb
0: is plastic doesn't degrade. Don't be tricked by labeling that says it does, <laughs> whether it's composting or biodegrading or or just falling apart into microplast. I mean, I guess that's kind of a a degrade, but it's not good.
1: <laughs> yeah, like if there are any of these that I think are potentially a workable solution, I don't think any of them are a solution to the plastics problem. I think there's like room for compostable plastics as like a part of the solution. Um, as a small tool. But before it can actually be a useful tool, we need to actually have a way to compost them, <laughs> which we don't. So yeah. So are bioplastics a solution? To sum it up, bioplastics are a tiny portion of the overall plastics market. And half of bioplastics are just bio-based, So that means they are not biodegradable. And then even if the plastic is biodegradable, it probably only biodegrades in certain environments, and we just don't have good systems for ensuring that the plastic you're using is going to end up in a place where it will biodegrade. Compostable plastics uh, can be a partial solution, but only if you know for sure they can actually be composted by wherever you're composting it. Otherwise, these solutions are not actually solutions to plastic pollution. So, if you we actually do want to solve plastic pollution, you need to address our consumption and disposal of single-use plastics, and also short-lived plastic products like polyester, fast fashion,
0: fast fashion especially. Holy shit! Like, <laughs> yeah, we did we did a two-parter on that, and it was deeply upsetting. And if you guys haven't listened to that, go ahead. I guess <laughs>
1: <laughs> there are dad jokes. It's mostly mostly depressing but there there are some few moments of levity
0: yeah i I threw some pickup lines at Kristen. it was pretty entertaining briefly
1: (laughs) (laughs) but yeah i would say generally like just bioplastics are a distraction instead what we need to do is focus on reducing plastics and especially focus on reducing single-use plastics wherever we can if that's something you're interested in doing The Plastic Free July website has some useful tips on getting started. And also, like, once you've done the basics, some steps for, you know, what's the second level of uh, getting rid of plastic that you can do in your life, I would recommend you check those out. Otherwise, our Zero Waste episode actually had some really good tips for reducing single-use plastic, so I would recommend listening to more of our episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And uh, as we always say... Yell at your member of parliament, your councillor, your subnational representative. Uh, let them know that we need to improve our recycling systems and our composting systems so that plastic is actually getting recycled and so that we're actually composting compostable plastics. And that, that's all I have.
0: Wow. There, there's a lot there. I'm really excited to um, talk to our Greenpeace representative, actually. I'm glad you were able to line that up. But I I feel like we literally just spent an hour defining what plastic is, and we haven't <laughs> talked about anything else. No labor laws, no environment. Oh God, I didn't even
1: have time to look at labor at all. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Like that was, that was, I mean, honestly, plastic is probably just going to be an ongoing series for us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess man. my... My call to action for this one is an easy one. Everybody should try a month of plastic-free. When we release this, it's going to be midway through July. So you can't really do like a full plastic-free July, but you could start on July 20th and go until August 20th. It's, you know, just change the dates a little bit. It was a really, really valuable Months exercise. are
1: arbitrary. You can, you can make your own July. <laughs>
0: That's true. Uh, 2020, especially if you're gonna if you're gonna change the date. Like (laughs) like, time has no
1: meaning here. (laughs) It's true. I can I give a shout out? I know we haven't done one of these in a while. Yes, please. Yeah, I love the shout out. I I just I discovered another good podcast while researching for this. And it's called the Plastosphere podcast. It's literally just a podcast devoted to issues of plastic. And it's really good. There was an episode on COVID that was really well researched and looked at what I mean, we've complained about this a few times on the podcast, but like the plastics lobby has really capitalized on the pandemic. Um, and they are the latest episode of the Plastosphere podcast did a really good job of breaking down how that was true in a way that was empirically convincing for me cool we'll link to them
0: and I'll check it out because as you know I am a podcast addict and I will for sure be checking out that <laughs> that uh, that show thank you that's a good shout out I love it so nice yeah well thanks for joining us <laughs> listeners uh, and thank you in advance for joining us on the next episode with our interview because it's going to be really good we haven't done it yet so I'm just assuming because uh, <laughs> we're the best <laughs> love it yeah great you can catch us on twitter at pullback podcast uh we are also on instagram and facebook a little bit less active there you know hit us up we love hearing from our listeners if you have any suggestions for future episodes we're not really looking because we have so many to discuss but we'd be interested to hear what you want to hear anyways (laughs) thanks for listening guys catch you soon
1: I love how right away you were like, okay, yeah, Kristen, of course, we're going to have a 20 minute episode. Sure, sure.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I didn't, I was like, hey, I don't know, you know, I don't know what your research looks like. But I was also like, plastic is huge. So I feel like it's gonna spiral out of control really quickly.